You are now tuned in to Music, Men, and My Mental with your host, C. Devone, tackling all things career, relationship, and your overall health. Trifecta. Let's get to it. Let's start the show. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Music, Men, and My Mental. I am C. Devone, and here on this podcast, we discuss all things in your career relationships and your overall health. Right now, we are dealing with um, basically a global quarantine. And with that being said, I just hope that I can just spread a little positivity when it comes to these things in your life, balancing it and motivating everyone who is listening and tuning in. So I got the opportunity to interview two fabulous ladies and they are survivors. And um, I think their stories are just very interesting because they had their own, um, you know, illnesses and things that they had to deal with that really um, gave them a story and I think the tools to deal with what we are going through now because sometimes I mean you may wake up and you can have a chronic illness or you can have uh, you know the coronavirus for some you know something like that and what next afterwards what is it in our mindset what is it in our health um the way we what we're doing where we can just make the world shift a little bit you know in in a better direction um especially when adversity is facing us so um i hope that you enjoy she's a very young beautiful lady who is actually um, owns her own company, Walker and Associates Media Group. And this book is basically her memoir as she was actually diagnosed with cancer at the age of 27. Basically went to the doctor, found out, and her life changed immediately. And I've, I really, truly enjoyed her story. And I hope that you guys are inspired through these survivors and my goal is that we will thrive and survive through these trying times. And I really hope that you enjoy me. Make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe Music Men in My Mental. And if you enjoy uh, uh, Quarantine Fest, you know, just let me know. Send me an email. I, I really love it. And thank you for, you know, bearing with me through these hard times. It's trying, trying to find the best way to remotely record a podcast. It is definitely a nightmare. However, we gon' make it. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the interviews and let's begin. Yeah, so my name is Lindsay Walker. Um, I am a publicist by trade. I work with beauty, entertainment, and lifestyle brands uh, to help them get into the media. I am also uh, the author of Thriving Through the Storm, which is my personal memoir that speaks to me surviving uh, and thriving, if you will, stage four cancer. Uh, I was diagnosed at the age of 27. Um, I'm now 29, and I have a clean bill of health, thank God. So, you know, that is just who I am. Um, in a nutshell, I'm in a space of rebuilding and, you know, continuing to grow and and uh, just live life. So um, so what made you write your book? Like, you know, you're so 
young and you've been through something so major and to have a book like, you know, <laughs> with such a powerful name, like just, just run us through like how this all like came about. Yeah, um, so I went through six months of chemotherapy. Um, I, you know, my life changed very quickly. It went from me having a diagnosis, um, which beforehand I didn't know that anything was wrong, to me finding out, you know, that it was at stage four. I had to uh, go back home for treatment. And, uh, you know, I lost my hair. I went through all these different, you know, things that you go through when you, uh, go through chemotherapy. And then, you know, after that, it was like, okay, it's over. Now what do I do? And so me writing my book was a part of my healing process. Um, it was very therapeutic for me just to kind of walk through like, okay, what really led you to this point? What were you doing before the diagnosis? And then, um, you know, just what my life is, is, is like now. And so it was during that time of me writing the book that I realized, even though I went through something traumatic, even though I went through it fairly quickly, um, you know, from not knowing what was going on to getting the diagnosis to successfully completing treatment, uh, thank God, you know, it was, it was a very quick process. And when you, when you go through something quick, you have to deal with the emotional aspects of that. And so writing the book, you know, allowed me to go through, like me taking myself back through that process of, okay, this is what it looked like. And this is, you know, how you were able to get through it. Um, so that's kind of what led to the book. Yeah. I mean, what you said that was very impactful was, you know, your life changed in a blink of the eye, you know, blink of the eye. And, you know, I would never want to compare cancer to Corona, but just thinking about something happening and like your whole world being just like drastically changed, yeah. you know, it's something that's comparable, you know, from us not being able to go outside to like you having this story, you know, being young and, you know, just doing well and boom this happens, you know? So, um, like what I would say is like, what, what were like the three things that you just were like, listen, I'm, I'm going to share this story and I want to share it with people. And I want them to like the three things you want people to know from this book. Cause it's like, yes, your life has changed and everyone's life is changing right now, whether we know it or not, even who still have jobs, things have changed. You know, um, but I think we will get through this, but it's like we need as much motivation as possible. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And if you can get through something like that, like I feel that you can probably talk to, um, you know, the world right now through the things that you've been through and give us just like some, you know, some tidbits from your book that would be like impactful for us in the current climate. Yeah, absolutely. So number one, um, you have to have faith. And you said something that's very key, right? I think that we will get through this. And so when your back is up against the wall, when I was going through uh, a cancer diagnosis, when I was going through chemotherapy, I learned fairly quickly that, hey, you are not your circumstance. It's simply a condition, right? This is simply a condition that we're going through. And I am a Christian. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And so for me, I knew that I had to lean on my faith. You have to know no matter what, that you are going to 
get out of this, no matter what it looks like. Um, so number one, having faith is key. Number two, uh, you have to get surrounded by people that understand the vision, even when it looks like everything is falling apart. Thank God that I had people around me that were praying for me. I had people around me that would call me just to check on me. Even strangers on Facebook, when they saw my post, they would, you know, reach out and say, Hey, are you okay? Let me pray for you. Um, so you have to get around people that see the vision of where you're going and they don't allow the outside circumstance to affect what's going on inwardly, because that's going to be the key that's going to be able to make the difference to whether we thrive or not through this. Um, and number three, you have to own and embrace where you are in the moment. The fact of the matter is we're going through this. The fact of the matter is we are not in control of when it stops. Right. But we have to focus on what we can control and what we can control, uh, you know, would be our mindset. And our routines, mm -hmm. as well as how we choose to show up. And so those are like actually some things that are highlighted within the book that definitely uh, resonate with what's going on in our current climate today. Like we just have to make sure that, like I said, we keep the faith that we're surrounded by good people that aren't like, oh, woe is me. Um, you know, can you find the good in what's happening? Can you uh -huh. find the good in it? It's horrible that people are dying. It's horrible, you know, what's happening, that it's so contagious and that they don't have a, a, they don't seem to have, rather, a control on this thing. However, what good can you find in it? A lot of us prior to this, we were like, oh my gosh, I wish my job would give me a break. Well, guess what? Now you have the break. So what are you going to do with the time that you have? Are you going to be productive? Are you going to, you know, make changes inwardly? Are you going to take some time out and reflect and figure out? out where you need to be, where, where, you know, God is, is calling you, um, to be in this moment, what you're supposed to be doing. A lot of us have been looking for those answers prior to Corona. A lot of us have been, you know, oh my gosh, I just wish I could do something else. If only I could do something else. Well, now you have time and opportunity. So are you going to show up and put yourself in a position to win? Or are you going to, you know, just sit there and twiddle your thumbs and wait for somebody to give you an opportunity? Amen. Okay. I see you. Yes. Yes. It, it is so true. And I, I know for me, um, that first week I, you know, working from home, you just want to make sure that you are not slacking and I'm just going to be a hundred percent funky the first week. I did not do anything that I really needed to do when it comes to, you know, the other personal things that you like, you know, finishing that book or like, you know, doing more for the podcast. And um, by the second week, I was like, okay, I'm a little bit more focused. And I did Quarantine Fest. And, you know, that kept me busy. But it's also like we have to also something um, that's another thing to focus on is we can keep busy, but we have to have goals. And something for me that I found that would be um, some advice to people who may be already doing this. I wrote out my menu Monday through Friday, and then I put the exercise that I wanted to do on it. And now as I went through something that was easier, like a menu of what I was going to cook and the cardio that I was going to do, now I have to write one goal on that Monday through Friday. So I do, I do a lot of things on Sunday. That's good. And 
it's a Sunday to now, you know, go ahead. Now it's time to sit down, write out that Monday through Friday, and you're going through what we're going to eat. Because going, getting something to eat is inevitable. It's easier. But what about at 6 o'clock when we sit down and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to start that podcast. I'm going to look into getting my social media skills up because people are online right now and I can sell them my product. Or, you know, come up with new business ideas for when, you know, when life is going to, when life presses play again, what are we going to do? Just come out and be like, oh my God, let's get my hair and my nails done. And I just need to, you know, now I need to start that diet. No, this is the time to really, like, as soon as life presses play, like, come out, like, website popping. Now you got more gigs because the opportunities are there because you sat down and cultivated relationships. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so when you hit on that, you know, utilizing our time is, I mean, it's really all we got right now, and it's currency. It's the only currency we really have because we all know that money's getting funny, whether you still have a job or not. I don't know how scary it is. Every Sunday, I'm got, I have anxiety. Everyone who knows who's close to me knows I have Sunday anxiety because on Monday, I'm like, hmm, do I have a job? <laughs> yeah. You know, and we have to prepare for, you know, the worst sometimes, but also utilize that time. So, Thank you, especially for for sharing on that. But you had some more tidbits as I just went on my own personal rant of the things that I'm feeling, (laughs) you know. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. You probably had some more. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I think that you said something that is amazing. And it's the fact that you take time and space out to craft out, okay, this is what I'm going to do this week. This is what I'm going to hone in on. These are the exercises. Like for me, once I got it in my head, like, okay, Lindsay, this is a new normal for you. Like, I still have to show up. I still have to perform. My clients, you know, that I'm gracious enough to still have, they're expecting me to get them results. I have, you know, um, people that I'm connected with virtually, whether it be, you know, Instagram or Facebook, they're expecting me to show up. Like, now is the time, um, no matter what space you're in, you are the answer. You are the solution. You people are looking for people to guide them. We're looking for connection now more than ever. So how can you fill in that gap, right? And so for me, it's about realizing like, hey, what do I have in my hands? What can I utilize that's going to make a difference? Even if it doesn't make a difference long term, what's going to help me get through these next 30 days? You know what I mean? Like, what can I do that's going to push me, that's going to propel me, that's going to um Put me where I need to be personally and mentally and spiritually and emotionally and focusing on those things. The reality that a lot of us fail to realize until now, um, in which, you know, I've said that the, the Rona, as we call her, um, you know, has exposed a lot of things and a lot of people have been lacking discipline this entire time. A lot of people have been leaning on opportunities and resources, right? When the reality of it is, is you were never in control anyway. You just thought that you were. And so now that the tables are turning, now that people are getting laid off, now that people are losing their jobs, it's requiring you to level up in a different way mentally. It's requiring you to take a step back and say, okay, I'm either going to fold under this pressure 
or I'm going to keep it pushing. I'm going to keep going. Diamonds are not made. They don't come out sparkly and clean, right? A diamond is formed under pressure. A diamond is formed under fire. A diamond is formed when when it looks like the odds are stacked up against, it doesn't look like you should be able to take dirt and make a diamond, but that's what happens, give or take, right? Uh So, we have to... You're not a a preacher? (laughs) You are amazing. I'm like, ooh, child, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Um, for real. Thank you. But that's how we have to look at it. Right. Like we have to look at it from that perspective. Like I feel like and like you were saying, too, in the beginning, it was woe is me. It was, oh, my gosh, I'm self-employed. What am I going to do? What's going to happen to my business? But at the end of the day, take that moment. Right. Take the moments that you need to take. So even though I've been productive, I've also rested a lot. I've also listened to my body more, which is important, especially for me, because I do have to be mindful, um, you know, uh, due to my health. But at the same time, am I doing myself a disservice by thinking negatively? Yes, I am. So if my if my health and my immune system depends on me and my mindset, I got to pull myself out because we don't get anywhere with this fear culture that's now been just pushed on to us, right? We don't get anywhere with that because once our mind starts to think a certain type of way, that's just all she wrote. And so it's our responsibility to make sure that we don't allow the voices that are around us to get inside of us. Um, and so it reminded me of like, Okay, what does a person do? What's the difference between a person that survives prison and a person that doesn't, right? Uh, Because they're both locked up. You want to talk about being on lockdown. There are people in prison that this isn't phasing them because they've been on lockdown anyway. You know what I mean? So it just depends. So actually what I had to do, um, I spoke to a friend of mine, um, you know, that has been incarcerated. And I was like, hey, like, what did you do? What was your thought process? Because if I'm going to if I'm going to fight this thing, right, I need to know what I'm up against. And, you know, he said something that was very key. And he was just like, you know, I know that God has me. And anytime, you know, I, I have never gone through anything like inca- incarceration. But anytime that anyone has had their freedom literally stripped from them. Like, we think our freedom's been stripped from us, right? We think, oh my gosh, we can't go outside. I can't go out to eat. I can't do this. We still have luxuries called the internet. We still have resources called phones. We still have FaceTime and Facebook and all these things. So it depends on your perspective when you think about it. Is it really that bad? The answer to the question is no. It could be a lot worse. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You you hit it on the nail. Um, Yeah, that's... That's really great. I, oh, you, yeah, I have, I have a lot of work to do right now. And I, I know as a person who I, I love to be super hype and I love to be around people and I am a hugger. I <laughs> am so sad not to hug people right now. And, and now it's, I, I have to condition myself to not want to hug people. And it does make me like, physically sad but I'm like you know what it's fine you'll get through it it's okay but um yes it's all about I think the message that I want people listening to this interview today is like when when clay is ready to be pushed 
are we going to be ready? You know, like, are we going to be really prepared and sharp? And that day when we go back to work, are we going to be like, oh, God, are we going to be like, yes. And when I come back to work, I got some ideas and I'm ready and I appreciate it. And I'm happy to have a job. And you know what? Or maybe I just want to do something else because I was home and I found out that I'm a great chef and I'm about to do XYZ now cooking. Who knows? <laughs> you know, but um, exactly. as far as a person who's been through your experience, so are you considered a person who has a compromised immune system at this moment? Um, You know, I honestly, I'm kind of... I don't want to say removed because obviously I have to still do, you know, my checkups and things like that. But when your life turns around fast, it turns around fast. And so um, I I just called my doctor recently to ask, like, if it's okay for me to still work out. And she's like, you know, what I'm telling you is independent of, you know, you going through chemotherapy last year. She was like, if I was talking to right. my neighbor, I would tell them the same thing. Like now is just not the time for us to be going outside, you know, or, or training or, you know, going to the gym or any of those things. Um, so I mean, I do have to be mindful. Um, I won't say I'm, I'm very, uh, intentional about the words that I speak. So I won't say that I am a person of, uh, compromised immune system. However, I am one of those people like all of us, but you know, extra special care for me. Yes, I do have to, you know, uh, be mindful. I actually have my vitamins sitting right here. As soon as we wrap up, I'm going to, you know, take those and, and do what, right. I'm going to do the same. Yeah. Do what we can. And, and that's the other thing too, um, is understanding that this is not something that is made to hinder us, but it's something that is made to protect us. And and even in my book, like I talk about, there were certain ways throughout my life and throughout, you know, even my journey of chemotherapy, where I can honestly say that I was protected from some things. And so we also have to understand that this is for our protection. And yes, it sucks. No, it's not fun. But the sooner that we sit down, right, the sooner that we can move forward. I don't believe that it's going to take us long either. Um, I just think that if we all come together and do what we need to do, instead of, you know, being typical Americans and, and complaining about the situation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that that will be fine. Um, my heart goes out to people that have passed away, um, you know, from this, this unexpected, you know, virus. It's one thing when you know that you have personal things going on within your body, it's another thing when you just happen to, you know, get hit with something. So my heart truly goes out to those people. Um, I think that this is something that moving forward, when we talk about thriving through the storm, maybe it will be a guide for us to take better care of ourselves overall. Uh, Because, you know, the flu kills people too. You know what I mean? The elderly. Um, heart disease is another thing. You know what I mean? Like all these things that we have going on around us that we don't always pay attention to until something like this hits. And it was the same thing for me with my diagnosis. I'd never paid attention to, you know, myself or my body or taking care of myself as I should have until I got hit or, you know, got diagnosed um, with stage four cancer. And so I think that it's just a message to us all. Yes, we can thrive through this. Yes, we can make it through. But how are you going to be after it's all over? Like you said, 
when you press play, what is your life going to look like? And I think if we take time out to focus on the desired results and the desired outcome of that, it will make all the difference in the world. Because when you have something to focus on outside of what's going on around you, but when you have something that you need to focus on as a person, it makes all the difference. Um, you know what I mean? Again, it's like, I I hate to to say it, but it's so true. You know, we've taken so many luxuries for granted where there are people that, you know, have been incarcerated that, you know, there are, are a lot of, uh, former inmates that have recently gotten, you know, released from prison because of the coronavirus. And so looking at it from their lens, they don't care about being able to go out and do certain things. They just care about the fact that, Hey, I'm home and I'm no longer in that space. So we have to condition ourselves to think like, okay, I'm no longer in the same space that I was. And what do I need to do, right, to be the person that gets me to the place that I want to be when this is all said and done? And if we take time out to focus on that, and that was one of the things that actually helped me, you know, through chemotherapy is me focusing on who I wanted to be after, right? And so you have to tap into that. That is great. Uh, And this is your first book, right? Yes. Are you going to have another one you're thinking about so far or still just focusing on this one now? Um, Right now, I'm still just, you know, trying to focus on this one. And, and you know, it, it I, I said it um, on Facebook one day. I was like, I thought that, you know, thriving through the storm was just something personal for me. Little did I know that this would actually be a okay. message that the people would need. Uh, you know, because we all do need to know how to thrive through the storm. And that's the message is knowing that we can make it through anything, but it all depends on, we have a choice, right? And that's one of the main themes in the book. You have a choice. You can either choose to look at your situation and let it consume you, right? Like we know that cancer can, or you can choose to say, I'm going to thrive through this no matter what. I'm going to look at the lessons. I'm going to look at the blessings. I am going to um, be a person of faith. I am going to, you know, stand up at a time when everybody else is afraid and I'm going to do what I know to do. Um, And so I definitely want to give this book it's just due. Um, but I do, you know, hopefully once I start to write my second book, because I do plan on there being a second book, hopefully, you know, some things in my relationships will have changed and, you know, things like that. So uh, that that's the hope. Right, right, right. So uh, as far as, you know, closing out the show, as far as your career relationships and overall health, how are you? right now i know this this is a rough time so it's so uh i feel like everyone just has the same emoji like the eh, like the show to struggle because it's like it's a very unknown time a lot of uncertainty so um how are you feeling and as far as your career relationships and overall health are today Yeah, I'm feeling amazing. Um, I really, really am. Like I said earlier, I had a great week last week. I'm anticipating that this week is going to be greater because it's just one of those things. Um, the advantage, you know, that I have as a believer in Jesus Christ is the fact that I know that my hope isn't in this world and that things have always been uncertain. It's just that now the uncertainty is magnified, right? Because the reality of it is, is when I was going through cancer, it was uncertain for me. It just didn't look like that to everybody else because everybody else 
everybody else's life moved on, right? But now the entire world has stopped and the entire world feels uncertain. But it's just one of those things to where, again, I can't afford to allow coronavirus or whatever to hinder what I know that I'm supposed to do as an individual, right? And so it's about the choice. Um, Thriving through the storm is a choice. And so I choose to look at it from the lens of positive possibility. I choose to look at it from the lens of knowing that God has me, knowing that, you know, he hears me, knowing that I didn't survive stage four cancer to be, uh, you know, a, a coward when it comes to coronavirus. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not taking precautions. It doesn't mean that I'm outside, you know, screaming to the top of my lungs. It means that I am doing the best that I can within the situation and the circumstance that I've been given, knowing that it will not always be that way. And so because of that, I am hopeful. Because of that, I am excited about what's to come, even in the midst. And it doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, uncertain either. It just means that I choose to focus on what I can control. And like I said earlier, what I can control is my mindset, my routine, and how I choose to show up. And so that means that I'm, you know, listening to podcasts like this one that are going to help, you know, boost the fire under me. That means that I'm reading my Bible. I'm journaling. I'm meditating on the word. That means that, you know, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm not just sitting in my pajamas. I'm getting dressed. I'm putting on my face. I'm, I'm doing things that I would normally do because I've been working from home. It's just a little bit different now that you can't go outside, right? But I'm still doing the things that I need to do to be the person that I know I'm supposed to be. So I look forward to, you know, continuing to walk in great health, continuing to sign on clients and being able to serve people in the best way that I know how, um, and continuing to build great relationships, um, building, you know, first and foremost, a great relationship with myself and with God. And then, you know, whatever else happens to happen just happens, you know? You're amazing. Thank you so much. So uh, how can we get the book? Yes. So the book is available um, on my website, thrivingthroughthestorm.com. It's also available on Amazon. Um, So you guys can grab it that way. And you can also stay in touch with me. I'm on Instagram at Lynn. That's L-Y-N-N-P-R mentality. Um, So make sure that you guys connect with me there. Right now, I'm going to introduce a very lovely guest. Her name is Nitika Chopra. She is a talk show host, beauty and lifestyle expert, and she's also the CEO of Chronicon. Um, I just truly enjoy her, and I hope that you do too. Yeah, well, my name's Nitika Chopra. Thanks for having me on the show. I've been watching and listening for a while now, so it's awesome to be here. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that coming from just a marvelous person as you. So just dive in and tell us all about your lovely. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that I could share, obviously, but I think in the time of COVID-19 and the Mm -hmm. coronavirus and all of that, I think what's probably the most relevant is Um, you know, that I am the founder of Chronic Con and we are a company that elevates the lives of people living with a chronic illness. And I have had two chronic illnesses for almost 30 years now. So it's been a really long journey. And um, I got psoriasis when I was 10 years old, which is an autoimmune disease that 
affects your skin. It kind of creates um, like extra layers of cells and skin on um, on top of your skin. It's like flaky and itchy and really hard to live with. And then I got psoriatic arthritis when I was 19 and that affected all of my joints and made it hard for me to walk without severe pain for about six years. So it's been really intense, you know, long before uh, Corona and all of this craziness that's going on. Um, my health has always been at the forefront of my life. And the work that I do with Chronicon is really to create content and live events that supports people um, who have been through what I've been through, maybe with a different type of condition, um, and the hundreds of millions of people out there who are dealing with a chronic illness as well. Right. Uh, it's so many things to to chat about, but also like you have Chronicon, you have websites, you have all these different things going on, but like really most importantly is like one, how are you just personally feeling at this moment? I mean, it's just, it's scary times for everyone, but as a person you're saying, who's dealing with the current things that you have going on, like it's, it's not the normal person that can just, you know, like wear a mask and go outside. You have to be super protective. No. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's been really, I'm, you know, I'm okay. Like, and I say that like kind of with quotes, you know, because what does that really mean right now? Like I'm healthy for all intents and purposes. I don't have the coronavirus. I basically, you know, this is when we're recording this, it's March 23rd right now. So it's Monday and about, I would say about two and a half weeks ago, I started hearing about the coronavirus and mm. I think a lot of people had started kind of lightly in the news. It was popping up a little bit, but people weren't really taking it that seriously because I think there was a lot of misinformation. One person was saying it's a big deal. The next person was saying it's not a big deal. Right. It's just hard to know. You know what I mean? And I totally totally get that. Um, but there was something, I think like a spidey sense sort of with me where I, as soon as I started hearing about it, I practiced social distancing immediately. And I think, you know, because my immune system is very sensitive and I have been on immunosuppressive medication for like 15 years now, mm -hmm. um, to manage my autoimmune diseases. I just always am already pretty uh, just extra particular about flu season and, you know, things like that as it is. So when I heard about Corona, I just started to sort of take the measures that I normally take and sort of enhance them, you know, like times five. Um, right. And yeah. And so then that was kind of the first five days, I would say. And then... About two weeks ago, that Monday, I just decided to cancel everything and begin to sort of social distance. And I stayed home for six days by myself in New York. Oh. Um, yeah. And it was early. It was confusing because 
a lot of people, no one judged me for it because people were like, yeah, we get it. Like you have a lot to think well, about with this. Good because it, because if you told me, oh, I'm, I'm practicing social distancing, you know, mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago, I would say, okay, okay, that's a little odd. Or can't you, mm-hmm. you know, I promise, you know, especially everyone's like, I'm, I haven't been sick. I have a really strong immune system. I don't even, I've never caught the flu a day in my life. You know, when you hear that and you have to protect yourself, I mean, it just takes a certain level of like tenacity and strength to be like, you know what? (laughs) I know me. I don't know you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like it was hard in the sense, like mentally more than anything, I think it was hard because as you're saying, like no one else was really doing that, you know? And so it was a little confusing as I was sitting alone in my apartment, um, and I would kind of look on social media and I would see everybody, you know, out and about, or I would like text a friend and they would be like, oh, I'm at an event right now. I'll call you later. And I'm just like, you're at an event? Like, mm. I'm not even leaving my house. Like, what do you mean you're at an event? You know, so that first week was a little uh, confusing, I would say. But mm. as I sort of said earlier, something in me was just like, you better sit your ass down. Like that right. was literally the voice that was inside of me. And um, I think the people that I'm closest to in my life that I did share with them that that's what I was doing, no one questioned it because they know, you know, how much I have gone through with my health and mm-hmm. they know for the part, you know, that I was on immunosuppressive medication and, uh, and that I still am. And so I think that's why I didn't get any strange, you know, feedback or anything because people were like, ready for it. So people are very understanding and, you know, from the way, from your diet, I know when I I got to sit down and eat with you, I was like, Oh my gosh, can I just look at what you have on your diet? Just because you know, like what to eat, you know, how to take care of yourself and your skin. And I would never in a million years, if I saw you and did not know you know what you've been through, you know, um, well, that's so the thing is that like hundreds of millions of people are dealing with invisible illnesses, you know, mm. and that's a huge part of what we talk about at Chronicon too. And, and it's something, it's, it's an interesting thing because for me, for, I would say the first 15 years, especially, but even on and off since then, you know, my psoriasis was incredibly visible. I was covered from the tip of my foot to the tip of my head, like 98% of my body was covered. So it was not an invisible illness. Um, but even still like the, the hard part with that was always, you know, with my arthritis, I was very young when I got arthritis. And so people would always assume that, you know, I could be more active than I was being or mm. that I could stand when I was on the subway. And, you know, why are you walking so slow? And, you know, things like that. Because they didn't, even though I was I had psoriasis, they just didn't connect all the dots. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's just like, oh, it's like eczema. Or it's just like yeah. I got dry skin and people don't understand the severity yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's been a really interesting journey with that too of like, yeah, I look and for all intents and purposes, I I feel very, you know, I mean, touch wood, I feel very healthy and, 
you know, I am in remission, although I still have to be on medication. I'm like not showing symptoms of my conditions and I've not been showing symptoms for a while because of all the things that you just listed, because I became vigilant about the food that I eat, about my self-care. It's Mm -hmm. not just because it's like a cute trend. It's like, it's life or, you know, not death necessarily, but it's, you know, quality of life is very different when I actually am taking care of myself and making sure I sleep okay and making sure my mental health is okay. And, you know, all those things that it greatly affects my uh, physical health. I mean, it must have took a lot to get there. I mean, I know people who mm-hmm. deal with severe um, psoriasis as well. And I know the biggest feedback I get is I'm not taking this medication because I don't want my immune system to be compromised. That's the first thing I have heard. Like, no, I do not want to catch the flu. I do not want to uh, catch various diseases. And especially I can hear, you know, these people now who I've spoken to about it say like, and now there's Corona look, you know, and like, I don't know, just can you educate me and other people more about that and the decision (laughs) to take meds versus like people who like, you know, I would never tell this person to. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm not a doctor. So, you know, please consult a doctor if you're, I always have to say that if you're listening and, you know, considering the different therapies, but I can give you from a patient perspective. um, What I will say is it was a very, very, very hard decision. It was not a decision that I made lightly and it's still not something that I take lightly, you know, that I'm on these medications. What I will say is that I ended up when I was 25, I ended up being open to taking, to trying to just see if there was even a medication that could maybe help me. That was now almost, you know, 14 years ago. So that was a long time ago. There's been a lot more advances since then. But at the time, these were still a little bit more new you know, a lot of these medications that you see now on TV and stuff. And I was really against it. And I'm an Indian woman, you know, my parents, like, they're not against, you know, medications and stuff just in general, but they do skew to like the more natural remedies and therapies, which I love and I think Mm -hmm. are so incredible. But when I tell you, I could not move when I started taking medication, I, it would take me three hours to get up in the morning just to exfoliate my skin enough to be able to move so that I wouldn't crack and bleed my Mm -hmm. skin. It was, I mean, it's very graphic to talk about, right? It's Mm -hmm. overwhelming things for people to hear, but it was my reality for a very long time. And by the time my arthritis was progressing, that was really the the heart of why I had to take medication because I finally went to a new doctor, a rheumatologist that wasn't just about the psoriasis. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, if you don't take a medication now, you will be completely immobile by the time you were 30. Wow. Because my bones were starting to um, deform. 
And mm-hmm. I have, I have several bones now, like my fingers, my toes, you know, and one of my wrists that is permanently damaged, but it it's very minor compared to where it was going. And so basically I was up against a decision of, I either can, you know, have my immune system not be suppressed, but I literally have no life. I can't go out. I, I couldn't even hold a job because I couldn't stand. Mm. You know what I mean? So like when I tell you it was bad, I mean, now people look at me and they could never imagine it, but that was my right. life for many, 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 many years. So it was really at the point where I did not want to take medication. I was very scared, but I tell you, I took my first dose of this medication and I was skipping down the street in two weeks. Wow. Literally. Oh my goodness. And so wait, and did it help with both issues or did it just help with the bones? It did. It cleared my psoriasis completely. Um, It's been, it's been an up and down process and this is where the self-care comes in, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not an advocate of let me take this drug and then let me eat like crap and abuse my body and say, oh, well, let me let the drug do the heavy lifting. You know, I really don't believe in that. I believe that this medication I'm grateful for it. It gave me my life in so many ways, but now it's my responsibility to honor that, right? So I eat a certain way so that the medication doesn't have to work 10 times as hard. Even the fact that I've been on this medication for so long is not typical Mm -hmm. for people. And my doctor said it's because I've been so on top of my health in every other way that my body isn't having to fight as hard. You know what I mean? So the efficacy is kind of stronger than it's typically um, in patients. And um, and yeah, so it cleared my skin after I think it was like within a month, it cleared my skin. And, and I remember just calling my parents, you know, and my mom and just hysterically crying. Like I can wear dresses and like, I can I get oh, a job, <laughs> you know, right. and all these. Um, so yeah, it, it really changed my life. But again, I think it's a very personal decision, and I right. think that it's important that people take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I I not take it lightly at all. Right, 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 right. And so when you went on this journey, then you decided to actually like speak about it, and then this began basically your whole platform um, that, you know, we spoke about Chronicon, but you have various websites and podcasts and (laughs) and so many things that I don't know if you uh, touched on or if you like to share. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's been an interesting journey because, you know, I started my, my conversation in the more public way of creating content and doing all these different things just a few years after I got better. So it was when I was about 28 that I started. And it was an incredible thing um, to sort of take all of these lessons that I had learned and decide that I was going to do good with them. That was really 
that was sort of a guiding light for me always in my life to believe that I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person. I, you know, don't push religion on anyone, but I, I do believe that there is a beautiful, loving God and force out there. Um, in, in my life, it's been a huge part of my life. And so I always believed that when I was in tremendous suffering, that I just had to believe it wasn't about me mm. and that there was something much greater there for me. Mm-hmm. And it was, so as soon as I got better, you know, as soon as I started to kind of pull all that together, I, I created my business. First I had an online magazine and then I had a talk show on TV and did all these different things. But you know, it wasn't until I think the end of 2017, so about three years ago, that I started to really focus on and talk about chronic illness in the way that I am now, which is, you know, not something everybody realizes, but I didn't feel comfortable. And so for those people out there listening that maybe want to share about their journey, but aren't sure how, because I get people ask me about that a lot. I took my time with it. Like it wasn't something I was ever embarrassed to talk about. If anyone ever asked me, I would be super open, but I didn't want it to be gratuitous. If that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't want your pity. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to say, Oh, I used to be so sick. And, and I, I, it just, even thinking about it makes me feel gross. You know, I'm like, yeah, so what? There are millions of people out there dealing with things. I've went through that. I've overcome it. I'm really strong. I'm over it now. Like, let's move on, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, let's not stay there for God's sakes. Like, that sounds like an awful idea. And Mm -hmm. so it took me a long time to sort of be comfortable sharing about it. And it it was a series of a bunch of different things that made me finally move into talking about it so much. And it's been very therapeutic and and very, you know, fulfilling for me to Mm -hmm. actually focus on this community now, because I think we're all really ready to talk about these things in a way that maybe even collectively we weren't before. Um, And so, yeah, so to answer your original question, I have a podcast called The Point of Pain, and it's been such an incredible creative outlet for me. and, And, you know, you can stream it anywhere. And, um, I have nitikachopra.com, which, you know, the podcast is on there and I've got a bunch of blogs from before on there and stuff, but then chronicon.co, or you can follow us at chronicon official, um, is where, is where all that chronicon stuff is for right now. So there's a lot going on, but it's really fun. Right, right, right. So something you touched on was like, you know, I couldn't hold a job and, you know, going, diving right into a career um, and then I'll move on to relationships. But like once you realize like you can't have a job due to like your actual physical health and now you have the opportunity to speak about it and make a career out of it. So it's a real like lemons to lemonade or as I'm calling it limoncello right now um, (laughs) with my little um, uh, stuff I'm doing this week. But um, and did you just decide like fully to like focus on this being like you being the voice for this and making a career out of it? Or did it just kind of fall into your lap or like, how did you yeah, get there? How did I get to like actually doing my own thing? You mean? Yeah, because I mean, if you, I mean, 
I'm not sure what you were doing before you really, you know, became, you know, speaker and, you know, doing keynotes and things like that and having TV shows, you know, whether you were, you know, uh, you know, business manager or you ran a company or you were in fashion and then you got sick and you say, you know what, I can't do this anymore, but you still have to make money. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, was it that type of story or it was just like a gradual evolution of like how things happen? Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was a bit of a unique situation in the sense that when I was, I got sick when I was very young. So I didn't really have that ability to get a job, um, until I was about 26 actually. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty late, you know, it took me a long time to finish college cause I couldn't get to classes and all this stuff, wow. but I happened to have been married, which is a whole other thing. Speaking of relationships, but I, I was I married in my, into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was married in my early twenties. And so, you know, there was a little bit of stability that way because, um, it wasn't only me living alone, which Eventually it was, but initially it wasn't. So that was a little bit easier just on the financial front. But then once I was on my own, I did what a lot of New Yorkers do. I waited tables, which I was awful at. Um, I'm so bad at it, but I did. I, you know, I was a waitress at a couple different restaurants and I was like, okay, I don't know really what I'm doing, but I'm in my mid twenties and I think I'm going to be some sort of a performer or, or creator or something. I had always loved that field and I had always wanted, as I said, to have my story and my lessons help other people. I just didn't really know what that meant yet. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the age of like people having their own podcasts and like people mm-hmm. having their own you know what I mean? And I also didn't know people like we know now, you know, now I know so many people, but at the time I didn't know a lot of people who were doing these kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. I was waitressing and then I decided to get my real estate license. (laughs) So New York way, that's how it all starts. (laughs) New York way, girl, Mm because you can make really good money, you know, and, and once you get into the groove of it, you can have your own hours, but it took me, you know, sort of creating, uh, making it my own and not necessarily putting pressure on myself to do it exactly the way everybody in the office was doing it, Mm -hmm. um, for me to do, to do well at it because I couldn't keep up physically with people in my office, Mm -hmm. you know? It was a it was an interesting moment, but I did end up doing very well, and it actually was. A, now I look back at that those days and think it was such an interesting training ground, you know, for me to learn about sales and learn about mm-hmm. organizing, learn about networking, and learn about you know even the technology of marketing and things like that that I never would have thought was teaching me really anything because I thought it was mm-hmm. just a paycheck, but it did um, for the future for sure. And then while I was in real estate, I was also going to uh, some life coaching seminars. I was always trying to like look within and, you know, always working on myself. And I ended up meeting some of those people that were like writing books and doing blogs and Mm -hmm. doing these things that I had never really heard about before. 
And I decided to create my business while being in one of those coaching programs. But it was really like, you know, you cannot be what you cannot see, as the famous quote says. And and I really had no idea that that was even an option until I was in front of these women who were doing things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of like the actual creation of the online magazine, I had no experience. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no one idea. Like yeah. I was just, it was very much uh, a calling, I guess, you know, I, I will say because I really felt it was very clear at the time that I was meant to have my own talk show. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I do know it was God, but, you know, now sometimes I look back and I'm like, that was so insane that you did right. that. Right. But I really felt like all of the signs were pointing, all of the internal signs mm-hmm. were pointing words, you love performing, you want to help people, you have a message to share, and you're, you know, pretty decent at being in front of the camera. This is where I can see it all sort of coming together. And something in me just clicked. And I was like, okay, no one needs to give me a permission slip to decide to do this. So I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to do it. And you know, one of the things that I did that I think is really important in this journey for those that are listening that want to follow in their own journey is that I had kind of had this track record of getting inspired and trying a lot of things Mm. and not always following through, right? Sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I get it. If you're creative, it's like you got to cut yourself some slack. A lot of that is also just because we have so many ideas. You know what I mean? Like, and you do get inspired and excited. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But what ended up happening for me, at least, was that at that time in my life, I would get inspired, I would get excited, and then I would do what I, what I call like buy all the accessories for my dreams without actually fulfilling them. And what that looked like at the time was like, I would buy the domain name. I would, you know, get web hosting. At that time, I would buy the business cards and print them out and make sure everybody had my flyers and, you know, all this stuff. But I never really put in any sweat equity into the dream. I would just sweat equity bars. (laughs) I like that one. That's You know what I mean? So... With this company that I wanted to create, which was going to be the platform, which I wanted to have somebody recognize and then give me a show, I told myself that if I really am serious about this, I have to work on this dream for one year before I'm allowed to spend a dollar. And that Mm. was a huge, that was a significant uh, kind of foundation for me. Because mm-hmm. it made me really have to seep in to the creative and divine process of following the stream. Mm-hmm. So instead of hiring somebody right away to build this website and buying all this video equipment and doing all these things, you know, which are fine, I would walk around New York City and I would come up with segment ideas or mm-hmm. I would write a blog 
or I would go, you know, into Sephora. I remember I went into Sephora and I like tried on makeup and the person who was helping me was so great. And we had like an awesome conversation. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm starting this thing in a few months. Like you should, you know, write for me. And I, I was just kind of like collecting and connecting and creating and all these different things without spending any money. It was like mm. I was filling my cup without depleting my resources. Filling you know? I like that. Okay. So That's that was really helpful. I don't know where I went off on this tangent, but no, it was- No, it's it's really great advice because um I mean I, I mean it it was very triggery for me because um sometimes when I go into my Squarespace and when I go on into my, you know, the GoDaddies, none of these people are giving me any advertising at all. But you know, when I go on these websites and I look at all the domains I have and had and um, it frustrates me because what what I would love to even just ask you is sometimes it's yeah. the evolution still of the greater purpose because they're all probably pretty similar or use something, a part of you that um, is the same. So whether I had uh, a podcast 11 years ago, which was called, uh, I forgot what they called it at the time, online radio or something like that. And um, the, the term podcast did not exist. And I just could not stick to it because it just was only five people listening and it just had to drive all the way to the Bronx to, to get to it in traffic and get out of it. And I was like, I don't want to do this damn work. Um, and I was spending so much money, but yeah. it goes back when I'm like, okay, I started sipping scratch with some of my very close friends, um, slash sisters. And now, you know, I have a podcast and, you know, my other friends, you know, still so funny, so comedic and running media. And my other friend has a podcast that's ran by her company. And it's like, we're all using these things that, you know, you know, it goes back to you wanted to have the TV show. And even though what the one thing that I would say that you that really touched me was like you, when you have something that's a physical, um, you know, ailment and for you to still want to get in front of the camera, says something so special about you because most of the time, and I know people who deal with it, they don't want to have their body out. They don't want to be seen. You know, they don't want people to, to look at them and notice, you know, anything wrong with them at first sight. So for you to say, listen, I want to be on camera with or without these ailments is like, it just goes to show the greater purpose that was in you and what I want everyone listening to understand that like, it's not, it, it will always stay in you no matter what, whether pre post Corona, you know, ailments, cancers, um, you know, immune deficiencies, et cetera. Like it's, it's, it's something that, you know, it'll, it'll stick around for a long time. The purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, you know, we can cover the purpose with a lot of darkness. It's true. Like, and there are moments in our lives when that, is, you know, needed even, and it's, it's happening for a reason and all of that. But I, I do believe that our true purpose is always going to shine through, you right. know, even if it's like harder for you to see it for a few months, or, you know, it's a little quieter because you're going through something or you're grieving or, you know, but I really believe that if we can get quiet enough, mm -hmm. um, and I think honestly, that's a huge part. I don't. I don't want to hyper spiritualize Corona because I think mm -hmm. it's a really devastating yeah. time for a lot of people. But the one thing that's just giving me personal 
piece is I just really feel that we are being shown something on a very deep level um, about our world, about our, our lives. um, And not so much like individual individually, because I feel like I know so many people who I don't feel needed this particular lesson, but as a collective, you know, like the amount of greed and the amount of injustice and the amount of, you know, just harm, harm being done to each other and and all of that is just so profound. And um, yeah, it just really feels like Mother Nature was just like, okay, you guys all get a timeout. You yeah. all get a time out. And it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it is very hard to look at the positive when you know you're you're losing money and you're not speaking and oh, you're yeah. not teaching and you're not um, you know, doing mm-hmm. things that require money, or like your kids are running around and driving you crazy and you're questioning motherhood because like you're seeing your kids every day and you're looking at them going, God damn it. You know, like, like it's hard. Yeah. Um, it's or, hard. you know, yeah, something I, I really am the most concerned about is human connection because I think that that's part of, um, that's one of my passions that I love to see people be in relationship with each other, whether it's platonic, sexual. Like, I, I love to understand why people gravitate to other people and why I have this podcast is because I just want to touch people and make sure that they can live a purposeful life, but also just like, how can I help you? How can we help each other? And it's disturbing because we're not going to meet new people if we can't, we don't even, one, we can't get close to them. Two, now since we don't know them, we're like, do you have something? Are you going to bring something in my household? Um, You know, we're not going out to events anymore. And, um, you know, I think it's going to take us a minute to get back to, you know, I used to literally three weeks ago, I would go up to anyone, CEO of the company I work for, everyone and say, oh, I'm a hugger. Can I give you a hug? You know, and that's always been me. And now I have to take that away. And even with my niece, she tried to hug me and I'm like, nah, little girl, uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh," you know, because like, I just, we have to protect ourselves, but the the climate is making us do that, you know, say, "Mm," you know, when when we go past people in the the supermarket, mask or no mask, we're like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm," go around like Tetris, you know, and that, that, that's the part that I think, um, you know, is the one thing I would say, you know, I'm not scared of the disease itself. I know that it's serious and, you know, I know that it will pan itself out um, once there are, you know, the proper measures, but I am scared for just humanity and itself for the economy and people just being able to go up to a person and give them a hug um, and just make their day because they needed it. You know? I mean, I'm single right now and I would say I actually took a break from dating in, when was that? In 2018. And I started around my birthday in 2018. I was turning 37 and um, I just felt like, yeah, I just wasn't, I, I wasn't fully integrating at the level that I wanted to. I think I had seen a lot of these patterns and 
had seen that I had these tendencies and whatever, but I still wasn't fully rewiring, if that made sense. Um, and in mm-hmm. about 2018, I sort of took myself off the market and I was just like, I love myself so much that I would rather be alone for a little while and not have drama and heartache and continue to attract patterns and types of men in my life that aren't healthy for me because they're just familiar than mm-hmm. be in a relationship that doesn't feel good. So Amen. I took myself <laughs> Amen. a revolutionary act. Let me tell you, I was like, am I really doing this? And my, my higher self was like, yes, woman, you're freaking doing this. Like we can't handle this anymore, you right. know? And so, yeah. So I, I did that in 2018 and it was only supposed to be for like the summer, but I ended up doing it for a, like till the end of the year from like April, May really till December. And then, you know, I've just kind of been on that wavelength since then. Like if someone were to come through that, you know, was really aligned and I felt really excited about, I would totally be open to dating. Mm -hmm. But I think there's just something that has switched for me where I don't need frivolous connection to fill my Mm -hmm. time anymore. Yeah. And it's a huge, (laughs) yeah, but it's huge shift, you know, because I think we all go through those moments or years or decades where we just want something, you know, it's like, please just give me someone to connect with. Like, I don't care if it's a mediocre connection or I kind of feel crappy afterwards, or it's kind of like empty calories or whatever. Just give it to me. Like, I don't care. But I think I got to a place in my life where I was like, no, I actually do care. And Mm -hmm. I would rather wake up in the morning alone or go to sleep at night alone and pray to God and thank God in the morning and take care of myself. Let the universe know I'm super open to meeting someone, but not force connection when it's not right, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's no, no, that, it really does because that's that's the message. Like you know what, it's not about like oh pity. I just need someone to help me and walk me to my doctor's appointment. It's like no, you know you just I love that like the empty connection. You like you don't need those things like because also you've t- you've taken the time to work on yourself. You've taken the time to really just put. Um, you know, to know about your diet, know about what to eat, how to, um, the medicines to take, you know, the trial and error, um, what exercises work for you so you could be healthy and not feel too tight. Like you've done that work. So you're doing the work also in the dating, um, you know, world as well on top of like having your own, you know, major event, you know? So it's, I, I, I can see that, um, that, that making perfect sense, but Yeah. I appreciate you. You you got some bars over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to just, um, you know, I feel like now when I meet the person that I'm hopefully, you know, meant to be with and have a lasting relationship with, I'm going to meet that person and I'm like a full person now. Mm. And I don't, I was never that way, even until 
a couple of years ago, like I obviously wasn't, you know, as lost as I was when I was 15 or something, but I wasn't a full human yet emotionally, I think. And now like when you say the doctor's appointments thing, like I know just how much I am capable of in a way that is so empowering and so um, exciting to me. And so that means like when I do meet someone, I'm excited to enjoy life with that person, Mm -hmm. you know, like a very different place than like, here are all of my burdens and I need you to come hold them with me. Right. Right. Which they will hold your burdens when that time comes. And if you, that's needed and you're going through a crisis and you know, that's different, but it's different than coming to the table with, I need you in my life to hold, you know, my burdens. Like that's your purpose. That's not the purpose for me for a relationship. It's to me, it's about joy and connection and intimacy and, And that's a very different place to come from. I love it. I love it. So where can, I know you've already said your websites and stuff, but one, thank you for coming on the show. And like two, where can we find you? When is the next Chronicon? I know that it's hard to discuss events nowadays, but. (laughs) Yeah, you can definitely find me on my Instagram at Nitika Chopra. Um, and then, uh, you know, my Chronicon Instagram or Chronicon Instagram is in my bio too. So Chronicon official. Um, and then, yeah, my podcast, the point of pain and the Chronicon event that we, you know, are planning, we're actually going to do it looks like at the very end of January, 2021. So we're giving ourselves a little bit more time to make sure that we can take care of our guests the best possible way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the country and the world, a little bit of time to sort of, um, you know, get in a bit of a safer, safer environment. So I think by January of 2021, we'll be okay. And we'll be ready to connect and be with each other by then. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to share more about that as the time comes. That's awesome. Thank you so much. 